Hi, my name is Francis. Hi, I'm Alice. And welcome to this week's episode of Two Friends in a Pod, where we talk all things movies, music, and pop culture. So this week we are doing John Takamasai, which is a 2006 rom-com starring Jesse Metcalf, Brittany Snow, Ashanti, Sophia Bush. Yeah, like a whole heap of people. It's firmly a 2000. Gossip it's Girls in it. Pen Badgley. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the gossip girl not the gossip like girl gossip girl the series but like no. the gossip girl the that's a spoiler OG. by the way <laughs> i mean how long has it been <laughs> yeah it's like up. i think it's been probably like 10 years or something actually since that ended <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. anyway <laughs> so we are discussing that later on but firstly so last week we said that squid game had come out on friday the 17th i believe um of september and I watched it on the weekend. I binged it all. How about you? Yep. So last week you said, I don't know if you'll watch this. And <laughs> that's why when it came off my screen, I watched it. <laughs> She's a rebel. <laughs> she was like, I'm not going to watch this. And I was like, I'll watch it then. I'll show you. <laughs> I didn't finish it though. <laughs> okay. Is there a reason why you didn't finish it or simply a lack of time? Um, yeah, simply a lack of time. Like I was going somewhere. I was going to McDonald's. She's busy, so busy as well. She's busy. <laughs> <laughs> She's got places to be. So yeah, hmm. but I watched two episodes. But I also, I love spoilers. So I just spoiled myself for the whole thing. But I will watch it. Did you Google it? I Googled it, yes. Oh my goodness. So you can yeah, tell me everything. <laughs> so we're like the opposites in that regard, I think. Um, Francis likes to know everything beforehand. And I like to be surprised. <laughs> 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 I don't. Maybe I won't go too much into spoilers because I think it just came out, and it is really fun to watch. And I think half of the fun, especially for this one, is is the thrill of not knowing. But <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, it was the thrill of not knowing. <laughs> you <So> know, <laughs> to describe the series, it's very much in the vein of Hunger Games Battle Royale, where you kind of enter an arena and you have to play games to win a monetary prize. But there's like an evil aspect to it. Uh, yeah, so along the lines of Liar Game, that's a throwback, mm. and also Alice in Borderland. So both of those are Japanese dramas. And I believe there's also a manga sort of on the same, very, very similar vein in which they are playing specifically games to mm. win a monetary prize. In this case, it is children-based games. So I think like Squid Game is a Korean children's game played in the 70s and 80s, and that's sort of like the setup of whole series i suppose yeah they're playing games like hopscotch similar-ish and like red light green light they're very like yeah. kids playground game yeah but i think specifically like korean yeah. games korean children games which i thought was really fun and interesting i think it kind of sets helps set it apart a little bit from other shows that we've seen of a similar vein yeah i thought it was really interesting like i was definitely on the edge of my seat for a lot of it i think the characters were really well done um, the whole game aspect is really fun and because it has that like evil edge, I suppose, it kind of like juxtaposes the innocent games. And I think also the games themselves, because they are children games, they're so like easy to follow on. So, you know, the rules like pretty quickly mm. um, and it allows you to focus more on the characters and like how they interact, um, especially in a very drastic situation as this. <laughs> yeah, because it's literally like life or death. Yeah. <laughs> and I think... You find out very quickly, like they say, if you lose the game, you're terminated or you'll be eliminated mm. is the word mm. um, they use. 
and you just say, oh, you'll go home. But then you find out mm. very quickly it actually means you'll be gunned down and yeah. you will die. Yeah. Play or die. And uh, yeah, I think it was really interesting in terms of the set design because like you said, it's like kids games. All the sets are really colorful. They're like pastel colors. They look like you're inside a nursery home or like an episode of uh, play school. Like it's so colorful and cheerful looking. And then you see people riddled with bullet holes. <laughs> yeah. It's very violent. <laughs> oh yeah, just like it's a very graphic show. I think the childishness of the games and the pastels of it really just like kind of makes it a bit more creepy, I think. So creepy. Yeah. Because you see all these people and they're like so desperate because I guess the setup of it is that um they're playing these games because they're in like situations of their lives where they desperately need money. So desperate people do drastic things, I suppose, and this is very, very desperate thing to do. <laughs> yes. But yeah, towards like the end of the series, you kind of find out a little bit more about the background of the games and why it's all happening. Because I think throughout the series, you sort of are wondering, like, why are they playing these games? And it sort of hints to it the end of season one. But I'm thinking there'll be a season two because I think there's there's still a few like things that could be filled in and it sort of hints that there's more. So I'm Mm. excited to see a season two. Yeah, it's interesting because it's set in like, our normal world so there's no explanation for why these sort of games would be mm-hmm. not like the evil government doing it like in the hunger game mm-hmm. so it's just like mm-hmm. this hidden sort of society running these awful tournaments where people die yeah. or like lose yeah. their lives to win some money yeah, yeah there's a there's definitely a catch right it can't be, it's too good to be true yeah, <laughs> yeah i yeah. think because with the characterization and, and because they um really allow for that through a whole series you kind of like get emotionally attached to some of them so to know that there can only be one winner, it's it's pretty mm. sad. <laughs> Everyone on the Tiki Tokis has a crush on the girl. Oh, of course. <laughs> so, She's nonstop on my feed. Do you know what? As soon as I finished this show, on my Facebook feed, there were just a million articles that were suggested for me. And they were all just like, did you know that this girl, this is her debut acting performance. She's actually a model. And I'm like, I already knew this because I Googled her, of course. <laughs> like, I wanted to know who did the research. Was. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I think if you aren't familiar with Korean dramas, there tends to be actors who kind of appear in a lot of dramas, like over and mm. over again, they play a standard character or something like that. So like the, there's a mom character in this who's actually the grandma in the King Eternal, yeah, the Lee Min Ho drama. So I was googling her because I'm like, I never seen her before, and yeah, she this is her her first ray into acting, I suppose. Um, and she does a really, really good job. She does an amazing job from what yeah. I from the two episodes I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> it gets better, <laughs> okay. And she has a really interesting backstory as well. Mm. So yeah, I think I don't know for whatever reason my algorithm thought that I would want to know more. I guess I clicked into those articles, so maybe I did. maybe i did want to know (laughs) squid game interesting yeah definitely recommend that if you like more thriller tv shows and aren't opposed to something else i've been watching is why the last man so this is a new series it's on binge in australia and it's based on a comic book like a very famous comic book series that's finished and it's been a while since it's finished but basically the premise is like Every man in the world dies. Have you heard of this one? I have never heard of this. I'm Googling it as we <laughs> <Okay>. speak. <laughs> yeah. So every man in the world dies. Like on one in one day, they just all drop dead, except for one man whose name is Yorick. He's a titular last man on earth. So it kind of deals with like 
what happens when half the population just dies and the population that was, I guess, mostly they're the people in charge, running running countries, running organizations and companies. Mm-hmm. If they all were to die, what would happen to the world? So it kind of deals with that. That like if Thanos snapped his fingers and the like half the population was on and then this is yeah. the story of the people, the people trying to save the people. Yeah, but okay. specifically <laughs> he snapped his fingers and said, all men must go. <laughs> oh, oh, like chromosome Y? Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, <laughs> okay, because if you guys want to look it up, it's Y, like letter Y, not like... Yeah, uh, not, not like the question Y. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this makes a lot of sense. <laughs> That's really interesting. Yeah, so I know it's a very old comic book. I never got into reading it, but the writer of the comic, Brian K. Vaughan, is very famous. He's also been involved in TV, like Lost, I think. But he's written a lot um, of comic books, like Saga is one of his that I've been reading. So he's very famous, and this is one of his like main works. But it's quite old, and it's interesting how they're like updating it for the more modern age, because I guess, you know, in 2021, even like women and men that's a very sort of binary way of thinking where we now understand there's like in-betweens and it's all fluid so they try to like um include that sort of stuff as well because you know what would happen would trans women die what would happen to trans men like that sort of thing so they try to include it as well Mm -hmm. but it's pretty interesting they've released three episodes so far and i think it's going to be another weekly thing so not sure how it'll go. (laughs) You're killing me with these weekly recommendations. I know. They just (laughs) keep doing this to us. (laughs) Maybe I'll wait a little bit longer. (laughs) But like it's a sci-fi action-y, like how did this happen? Like how do we survive in this world now? Because, yeah, the entire government's like dead. Yeah. Oh, that sounds really interesting and totally up my alley, Mm. Um, except for the weekly part. But it's on binge, you say? (laughs) Yeah, Benj. Oh, Benj has like such a good library. Yeah. It's a thing. Like things like that surely would be on my homepage. But <laughs> we all know that algorithm, <laughs> algorithm and just user experience is awful. I'm sorry, but awful. it is. Yeah. They have such good stuff, like all the HBO things. Mm. I think a lot of Hulu as well. Um, you got to like dig for it. Yeah, but so I don't annoying. want to dig for it. I want you, I, I pay you, you <laughs> to give it to me, right? It's like how Netflix emails you and like knows what you want to watch. Exactly. I want that level of service. <laughs> Every streaming listening. service. Yeah. <laughs> please update your homepage, please. Mm. But I think you will be interested in that. So yeah, yeah definitely. something to look out for. Like we mentioned before, we're going to talk about John Tucker Must Die. But before we do that, Alice, I don't know if you noticed, we got our first fan mail in the email. Oh, did we? So let me, let me read it to you. It's a bit long, okay. so I'm just going to um, read it to me because I haven't off. seen it yet. Yeah. So, I am Mrs. Lila Lu- Lucas, a widow suffering from a long-time illness. I have some funds I inherited from my late husband, um, the sum of $11 million. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? She's suffering. <laughs> My doctor told me recently that I have a serious sickness, (laughs) which is a cancer problem. Um, This is so sad. What disturbs me most is that my stroke sickness, having known my condition, I decide to donate this fund to a good person that will utilize it the way I'm going to instruct. Um, So she needs 
a very honest and God-fearing person who can claim this money and use it for charity works, for orphanages, and gives justice and help to the poor, needy, and widows. Um, and, you know, building schools for the less privileged. They'll be named after my late husband, if possible, to promote the word of God, etc., etc. So she just says, please, I want your sincere and urgent answer to know if you'll be able to execute this project, and I'll give you more information on how the fund will be transferred to your bank account. Where is this letter? In the spam folder. I was in the spam folder. <laughs> Wonder I didn't see it. Yeah, but eleven million dollars, Alice. Oh my god, I'm so sorry to hear your sad story, Lila, and I'm sorry I laughed because <laughs> it's very tragic. Here's the tragic thing to happen to you. I'm just reading it in detail now. <laughs> okay. I think I was in the... disbelief that we had such a fan at first. <laughs> Hang on a minute. <laughs> such a big fan willing to donate 11 million dollars to us and like who trusts us to promote the word of god so i guess you don't want to cure your cancer with the 11 million dollars no or is that 11 million including your medical fees she's just gonna donate that to a good person and she clearly oh. identified you and i as the goodest people in the world yeah i think lila we'll get back to you with our bank account <laughs> And if you want to donate to us, we're more than willing to take it. I can't guarantee that uh, 11 million exactly will be donated to the um, children in need. Maybe we'll take a little <laughs> transaction fee off first. I might pay off my tax. Might pay off all my debts, buy yeah. a house. I don't know yet. No. But yeah, like watch out for my BSB, AC, all coming to you. Thanks for. Thanks for emailing us. I love it. Love our fans. Thank you. And God bless you too. We are the most generous fans. <laughs> and thanks for listening to our podcast. Yeah. On her last days on earth, she's spending it listening to our podcast. Can you imagine? That was a really kind email. Thank you. I, know. I just thought I'd put you in a good mood. <laughs> now I feel really motivated to talk about John Tucker Must Die. So, well, let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> this one's for you, Lila. Yeah. Um, this episode's dedicated to Lila Lucas <laughs> and the $11 million that we just did. <laughs> what a good day. All in a good day's work, you know. Thank God we started this podcast. Yes, yeah, so John Tucker must die. Dying Jesse Metcalf, Brittany Snow, Ashanti, Sophia Bush, Ariella Kebble, and Penn Badgley, who is, as we established, the capital T gossip girl. Gossip girl, yep. Do you want to go through the plot line of this? <laughs> I mean, I guess the plot is they're in high school and there is a player who is dating three girls at the same time and they decide to get revenge on him by using an unpopular girl, giving her a makeover and using her to break his heart. Is that the plot? Yes, summed up quite nicely. Thank you, Francis. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> so this movie was directed by Betty Thomas and she did the Brady Bunch movie, Dr. Doolittle, 28 Days and I Spy. I found her movie, like, her resume essentially extremely interesting. There's no rhyme or reason to it. No, no rhyme or reason. And also quite short. Yeah. I think, like, she just did a bunch of random movies in, like, 2000s, sort of before 2000s. Didn't say and she did had retired, but she hasn't really done much recently, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, she just picked very odd movies, I think. One of them... I mean, 28 Days Later is, I think, uh, another rom-com with Sandra mm. Bullock. Yeah, Dr. Doolittle? Doolittle? Yeah, mark. that was weird. Yeah. 
And also, I didn't mention that Jenny McCarthy's in this film, who, as a fun fact, she won a Razzie for her performance. Really? It's not that bad. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It's honestly I mean, not Razzie. It's not Razzie-worthy, right? I don't think no. she has enough presence to have a Razzie. Yeah, she's um, barely like a side character in it. Yeah, I wonder if in the context of like this year, because this year this movie came out in 2006, maybe there were just some really good movies that came out. So in comparison, her performance looked bad. Maybe. I'm not really sure. I think this this film in particular was critically slammed. Mm. We can tell you guys why. <laughs> <laughs> Keep yeah, listening. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what was the first time you watched this movie? So I don't actually remember the first time I watched this movie. I feel like there's a lot of these like mid 2000 rom coms because there was such a huge like you know rush of all of them because I think they were like having their moment in cinema. So I don't remember the first time I would have watched this, but I very distinctly remember like the title. But I mm. think when I had rewatched it a few months ago, when it came back on, it was on the Disney, yeah, the Disney platform. So when Star was added onto the Disney platform, I think I'd watched it and I just didn't remember that a lot of this happened. So I'm not sure like what I was thinking when I was a kid because it definitely wasn't like, like, you know, I definitely wasn't thinking about it critically. I think I was just probably just watching it for entertainment. Hmm. Whereas when I watch it as an adult, I'm like, this is really odd. Like it's an odd rom-com, I think. Hmm. (laughs) And then re-watching it again, I think really reinforces that it is a strange rom-com because I think the messages that it gives, the characterization, all these like random characters and stuff, it just makes for a, I don't know, it's entertaining, I guess, but <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what to make out of it because it clearly, I think there are certain lessons I think that you're meant to know at the end, but it doesn't really like deliver on those fronts. So it's kind of a, it kind of, on a strange note mm. um but one thing i will say is that this cast is supremely of the 2000s it's oh. definitely a moment the whole yep. look and feel the story and everything is very 2000s moment and jesse metcalf I remember thinking he was really good looking because he was on desperate housewives <laughs> and yes, that was cool a sh- boy yeah so he was like i think it was he the cool boy or the gardening was boy it? I don't oh, remember. One, yeah. yeah, a gardening or pool boy, yeah. Yeah, because I remember everyone like loved him at this point. He was yeah pr- very prominently on season one of Desperate Housewives. So he has his character has an affair with Eva Longoria's character, mm. and then he's also in Passions. He's in Passions. He's in Passions. Oh, okay. And he's actually, still in a like long running. You call it soap opera. Mm, okay. I don't know which one. I forget what it's called, but he's definitely still in a soap opera. Good for him. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't remember the first time I watched it, and I've definitely seen it, you know, in the past couple of years. But rewatching it for this potty, I was like, oh my god, that happened over and over again. It truly yeah. like left my brain. I didn't remember anything of it. And when I watched, it, I was like, I don't, I don't remember half this stuff happening, and I can't believe yeah. this is in the movie. It's exactly how I felt. I was like, did this happen? And I didn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> did I just wipe it from my brain or something? It's a really strange film, I think. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we can get into it, but I guess, yeah, I, I don't know how to characterize this movie. There's very little romance, or like there's very little genuine romance, I think. And the lessons at the end, which we will get into, are very strange. And I, I can't really characterize this as like a happy ending or like a, like a good resolution. It's all very strange. Yeah. And I wonder if like that interpretation of a good resolution is just our interpretation I think the movie would beg otherwise (laughs) (laughs) but it's hard to 
see what's comedy and what's not meant to be comedy yeah. in some spaces, I think, because especially because we're looking at this from the 2021, like we're looking at it with a modern lens. Yeah. I think the 2000s were a special moment for rom-coms. <laughs> I think so. Especially in the later years. So I guess in the beginning, we have Brittany Snow, who plays Kate, and she's allegedly like a nobody. She's super unpopular. She's never noticed by anyone. She's in Invisible. She's invisible. And my first issue was, is like, she's so pretty. I was like, I don't believe that she's invisible. <laughs> I think her mom makes a point where she's saying, like, you make yourself invisible. So mm. I think by invisible, they mean she's quiet and she doesn't mm. make attempts to, like, make friends or anything. But in this movie, I think they kind of try to make her seem like she hasn't got much experience with relationships, but I think she kind of hints at it sometimes that she has had re- experience with a relationship. So it's kind of mm. hard to in a character, I think. It's a bit strange because the three girls that we'll get into more later, like Teller will transform you into someone that John Tucker mm. can't look away from. So I was expecting mm. a big makeover, but they really just put her in a cheerleader's uniform. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, well she didn't need a makeover. Maybe yeah. That's it. She actually had the foundation. I mean, she's classically pretty she had like the curly hair she's blue eyes i think <laughs> i just made that up i can't she's remember pretty white girl. <laughs> yeah she's just a pretty girl like she's just genuinely like a pretty girl but yeah like i said the the thing is they don't have to do much to her because mm. um as john tucker says his type is girl not a specific girl just girl <laughs> yeah um so as long as she's somewhat like good looking and makes herself known i think that that's the type that they think john tucker will fall for and we find out throughout the movie he does so i think the part where i didn't remember is very much where the initial attempts at revenge mm. are there so we have the main plot line which is that they try to they've been cheated on and they try to like get revenge on him by making him fall in love with kate who's Britney Snow character and then breaking his heart and that's yeah. very much the main plot line but before we get to the main plot line there's like a <laughs> subplot line of them trying to get revenge so they try to a make him model and then thinks it's like a topless shoot or something but it's actually a model for a herpes ad yeah so in the ad he says like I've got herpes and I'm okay with it <laughs> Yeah, so these these sets of like little revenge plots are all to ruin his reputation. So that's before mm. they figure out breaking his heart would be more effective. So there's three girls that I've I forgot their names, but I've written down that one is like a vegan ditzy character. Is a vegan slut. Yeah, she's her character. Kate says something really mean where she's like vegan is shorthand for being easy or something. Yeah, and then there's a a scene of um her being easy. Therefore, all vegans are easy. <laughs> Yeah, but she did. She was holding a sign at, at the basketball game that said, Chicks for chicks, I am not a nugget. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so then there's like another cheerleader who's honestly just like that sassy black girl character who's played by Ashanti. Mm. And then mm. they have a newsreader who's like an uptight, smart, bossy girl. And fun fact, Alice and I did a, a BuzzFeed quiz, which John Tucker must die girl are you? And both got Carrie, which is that uptight newsreader girl. which i don't believe (laughs) i refuse to believe i refuse to believe i'm carrie yeah (laughs) so yeah john tucker's dating all three girls they find out about it and they get into an argument and they say we're going to ruin his um reputation so they put him on a herpes ad and everyone i guess laughs at him and it seems like weird to do that now because you know there's no shouldn't be shaming people (laughs) 
with like just yeah. not an STI. Yeah. So from this, he he's obviously embarrassed when he sees this, and then he turns this whole situation around and he turns into an STI awareness speaker, and he's just like, no, there's some some weird scenes in here where there's someone with herpes. And it's played for comedy. So mm. again, it's one of those ones where I'm like, this wouldn't fly right now. <laughs> it's like not that funny, I think, but also it's kind of dating. Yeah. So he sees the poster, he's on a date and he sees the poster of him saying like, mm. I have herpes and his date like runs mm. away screaming. Everyone laughs at him and he's like in the mm. movie theater going, I swear I don't have herpes. Yeah. And then it cuts to him giving a speech and getting an award for like, you know, fighting herpes stigma yeah and then there's a girl who has who they've like really dramatically made to look like she has herpes um around her mouth and he's Mm. like running away from her and it's like not funny (laughs) not that funny and it's it's a weird representation of herpes to be honest because you don't get herpes from touching someone on the hand or you know yeah Yeah. (laughs) and it's It's a very common sti and a lot of people have it and it's very easily treatable so no shame yeah there shouldn't be shame at all yeah i think now yeah, maybe he's doing the right thing by being an awareness speaker and being like, I don't have herpes, but it's fine if you do. Yeah, I don't or know. But <laughs> in the movie, it's so strange. And then the second revenge they do is they supplement him with estrogen tablets. This is the one I, I find so weird. I found, yeah, exactly. I was well, So basically they're at Kate's house and they're sort of wondering what they will do to... Um, revenge, take revenge on him like what would be the next act and for some reason Ashanti the uh, cheerleader character is taking estrogen tablets that she's taken from from her mom I think she has a belief that it'll make her boobs bigger or something yeah she says she wants to go up a cup size yeah so it's like a very uneducated view of <laughs> what like hormonal supplements are for because I think she does say that there are for treating menopause which yeah. is not wrong yeah, I wouldn't just take estrogen. Like, <laughs> yeah, non-medically. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a very odd way to do it. And then so basically they in, they switch his booking powder, so like a protein powder or some sort yeah. of um, supplement that he's taking for like gym purposes or something. And they supplement it with the, the estrogen. And then I think one of the characters says like, oh, you've been, you look really small, like trying to hit him where it hurts, so you know, where it, which is his looks. And so he like desperately takes more to try and like hook up. Again, I'm not sure that that's how it works, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing now what we know about like bulking up and stuff, it takes more than taking supplements. You have to put mm. in the hard work and eating and all that sort of stuff. Um, but anyway, so he obviously, the scenes of him where he's, Make it seem like he's been loaded up with estrogen. And then what does estrogen mean to this movie? Estrogen means woman, which <laughs> means more girly. But instead of being like... So I looked this up and I was like, so what does high estrogen levels in men do? A few key points. Infertil- infertility is one. Yeah. Another one is it can cause more breast tissue to develop. Um, yeah. It can cause erectile dysfunction and it can cause slow growth. And in addition to this, you can have reduced sex drive. You can be really exhausted, loss of hair, shrinking, muscle mass, hot flashes. I'm like, there's so many things that they could have done with this that might have made more sense. But instead, they, like, make him cry 
and emotional. Okay. Yeah, it's so gross <laughs> because they're like, okay, this is what it means to have a lot of estrogen. Like having yeah. a lot of estrogen means one, you're a woman, and that means you'll act womanly or girly. Yeah. And he's at a basketball game and like he's getting pushed around by the other team and suddenly he's like acting super girly like he's like oh that hurt my feelings you're being really mean and he's like running around and going i need to eat chocolate he says stuff like do my thighs look fat in these shorts yeah. and he's acting like you know quotation marks a girl yeah so i feel like some of the emotional responses that he gets you could probably like pass by if it was just that but then when he says like yeah does my thigh do my thighs look at and like he starts crying on the field <laughs> and then he goes on about like how things aren't fair and then he storms off. It's a really strange scene <laughs> because it's like, is this what all women are like? Like he was basically having PMS. Yes. <laughs> That's what I wrote down. It's like, it's a very, it's like the stereotype of like the moody girl who people go like, are you on your period or something? Like she's on the rag. Like it's a very gross interpretation of what it means to have a lot of estrogen and potentially be a woman. Yeah, so it's a strange subplot. Yeah, very. <laughs> it's quite long. Like they keep going. It's really long. Yeah, and this is yeah. where I watched, and I was like, I, I totally don't remember this happening in my previous watches. Yeah, definitely, definitely didn't pick it up. It's weird because it is so long. Because I think the it's meant to be funny. Like, there's no other reason for it to be. It's totally played with jokes, but it, yeah, to me, I was just like, I don't, I don't find this funny. <laughs> not no um, and then i think after that he gets kind of ostracized by some of the guys who think he's like acting up and acting weirdly and then there are there are scenes of these girls being like oh like you're so sensitive like you're so vulnerable yeah i love that and all that sort of stuff so you can see that he, he's hard to break down because i think the main takeaway for me was john as a character very much a privileged male like he is very rich he is very good looking and he gets away with everything so entitled so entitled anyway yeah. so this is basically the start of what you see like you know he turns around things very quickly like he see people see him as a herpes model and it's very embarrassing for him but then he turns around and he's just like you know what it's fine like i'll just own up to it and then people are pulling him for it and then he has um like an emotional breakdown basically in the middle of a basketball game and then gets ostracized by, by men, but then all suddenly all these girls are falling on his feet because they're like, oh, you're so, like, in touch with your feelings and stuff like that. So he, he's impossible <laughs> you're a to break. sensitive new age guy. Yeah, like, he's impossible to break down. So yeah. that's why the girls then decide best way to, like, break him would be to break his heart, really. And yeah. they use Kate as a ploy for that. That whole revenge plot reminded me of Mean Girls, like it's very similar where they're trying to enact revenge on Regina George mm -hmm. and she just, you know, they just don't affect her. Like they give yeah. her the permanent foot cream and it just makes mm -hmm. her face smell really fresh and minty. They yeah. cut off like the nipple bits of her tank top to show her bra mm -hmm. and then everyone starts wearing it. Like it reminded yeah. me of that and it seemed like honestly a direct copy. So I looked up when Mean Girls was and then I realized Mean Girls was earlier than this movie. But then this movie just seems so much more dated. <laughs> and it seems like they just really were directly ripping Mean Girls off. Uh, yeah, I mean, Mean Girls, the way that they did it, they did, I think there were more revenge acts, if you want mm. to call them that. And they were also a bit more, like, smart and choppy. So mm. they kind of went through them very quickly because you don't need to stay that long on something to be 
to be funny, right? Like you don't mm. need to explain your joke because then when you explain your joke, <laughs> it's not funny anymore. Like we all know this. It's a very like classic, like he's on his period. Yeah, like it's a very classic comic setup, right? Yeah. So Mean Girls on the one hand is written by Tina Fey, who's an actual comedian. <laughs> um, so she knows very much about how to set up a joke and everything where you have this, which is like, we don't know what we're doing. So we're just going <laughs> to chuck this scene in and make it really long so everyone gets what we're doing, right? Like this is funny, right? Like... Do my thighs fat <laughs> in these shorts? Yeah, it's one of those lines where it's it's like, this is what people think women think. <laughs> like, like, not saying that they don't, but it's just like, you can't think that every woman thinks this when they're on <laughs> the period. Like, seriously. So basically, they go use Kate as a foy for their revenge next revenge act. And the reason why they use her is because she's a new girl, so there's no established relationship. He doesn't know who she is. And I guess because she is quite good looking, like she's perfect. Why not her? <laughs> and she's invisible. She's invisible, so you can mold her. Mm. I think Kate as a character, she seems to be quite like quiet, um, mostly because she doesn't want to get attached to things because I think it's also established that her mom keeps moving from town to town after like her failed relationships and stuff and she calls all her mom's ex-boyfriends skip gippy oh yes yeah (laughs) the reason why kate gets involved with this whole revenge act as well is because she feels very like strongly against character of skip Mm. um which is like basically combination of all her mom's ex-boyfriends and being like you know he would just like break her heart and pull a baby so he doesn't get mixed people's names up and stuff like that and then she actually gets quite sassy for like a moment but then because you know you can tell like she's very like emotional about these sort of things because it affects Mm. her life and she feels very strongly about that but then for whatever reason she you you don't really see that spark anymore she kind of like goes back to being a person being like oh John Tucker is so great like where was the spark (laughs) where was that little fire inside because you kind of want her to do it because they set up John Tucker to be this like really awful person. Mm. I don't know how you felt about him, but like in all the beginning scenes of him, you see him being like really creepy and like he's really so perverted. Gross. Like, yeah. He's actually gross. Like beyond him being like a charismatic person, which he totally is, you see him like look down girls' pants and stuff like mm. that and like being really handsy. And I'm like, this is even in like that world, like surely this isn't desirable. Surely, right? <laughs> well, that's one thing because, yeah, he's totally a creep. He's gross. He's manipulating all these girls and he's super entitled and all the worst things put together. I kind of felt really confused by why those three girls were so obsessed with him and wanted to date him so badly because they basically mm-hmm. like they're in detention and they're fighting over who's actually dating him and getting mm-hmm. really possessive and saying, oh, he deserves the best. He deserves me. I'm the head cheerleader, so I should be with him because he's the basketball captain or something. And I really didn't see what they saw in him. But I don't know if that's just me being like, I'm older now and I <laughs> I can see past the abs or something. I think he is just the typical fuckboy, like <laughs> his sort of definition of one. So like he uses his charm and charisma, his actions and stuff like that to essentially coerce them into like a secret relationship. Like you, you're supposed to seem as sort of manipulative as mm. well, I think. And that's why they like want him because he is the it boy yeah he's a popular boy the idea of having a secret relationship with an it boy sounds very enticing maybe Mm. maybe they can't see his faults whereas us from like a neutral point of view where you can see him 
dating multiple girls at the same time, you're like, oh, he's no good. Like, definitely, like, someone like that is up to no good. Mm. Whereas they, they don't see him that way. It's very much, like, on a pedestal for them. I guess it's worth mentioning as well, you have John Tucker, and then you have the other Tucker, which is played by Penn Badgley, a.k.a. the yeah. Gossip Girl. <laughs> and he, I wrote, is doing his best. I wrote that he's doing his best Heath Ledger impression because he has that long curly hair. It looks exactly like Heath Ledger looked in 10 Things I Hate About You. And it was so obvious Mm. because right after the movie ended, what did Disney Plus recommend to me? 10 Things I Hate About You. So Heath Ledger's there on my TV and I'm seeing that beautiful curly hair. And I'm like, Penn, you tried, but this ain't it. So yeah, he's meant to play like sort of a more indie character. Like I like music, you know, like cool bands and stuff like that. (laughs) He's like, you know, like a very down to earth guy, and he kind What's of his name out. actually in the movie. Look, <laughs> I, I don't remember. I just know he's him as John Tucker's Tucker. brother. Yeah, he's John Tucker's brother. I've written him down as the other Tucker, and also Penn Badgley. <laughs> okay, I, I wrote him down as Gossip Girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think um, you it very much sets up in the beginning that he's the actual love interest yeah yeah uh, <laughs> but you don't actually see that much of him you in the movie so little <laughs> so i think in heaps of like rom-com movies you have that popular boy who you know is bad for the girl and then her mm. best friend or like the unpopular boy who you know she ends up with in the end but who's just there by the side until she can realize until she realizes oh like you know the person i love has been there for me all along whatever mm. And that's a scenario that this movie tries to play in. But you see so little of the other Taka that I, I have no idea why she would like him. Like, he's just such a nothing character. Yeah, it kind of established that they have, like, chemistry in the beginning. Because they're in a science detention. lab? <laughs> they, she's, she meets him in detention, remember? Oh, okay. And then he's like, you I've came early him. for detention? <laughs> <laughs> and like, cause he was he was like humming this song, and then she was like, "Oh, you can't hum that song. You have to like sing it out loud, like all that oh, okay. kind of like that." There was like a little bit of flirtation mm. there, and you can tell that they have like like maybe the starts or something going on, but you never really see it develop. And I think in the other movies that you're probably describing, they spend a lot of the movie with that best friend character or whatever yeah. character, so you see that you're you're easily able to see the relationship between those two, and then the hot guy or whatever he's kind of on the side and is a side plot almost um whereas this one john tucker is very much the focal point of this whole oh, the movie main point. Yeah. yeah and so the pen badgley as the other tucker character kind of gets pushed aside and you see him in a few like a few scenes um he kind of just pops up and he just like you know um shakes his head because everyone's looking at his brother like that kind of <laughs> like it's just yeah. really that interaction like oh that's that's not what people normally think of my brother or like, I can't believe you're dating my brother. Or And then he walks <laughs> off. Yeah. yeah. He, just makes comment. he just makes comments throughout the whole movie of his disdain <laughs> over his brother. Yeah. But I think the other thing is that he gets really upset when she starts dating his brother. And you're like, why are you upset? Yeah, you know, you barely, all you do is like have science lab together and she explains yeah, what like, meniscus is to you, like to a relationship, <laughs> chill out. I, I get he like, would have a crush on her and stuff so you can get jealous and that but I think he like seems genuinely like disappointed and it's like are you disappointed because someone else was able to intervene or like are you just disappointed at yourself I'm not really sure <laughs> what this character you get this is sense that he's like disappointed because he's like oh I thought you were better than other girls like you know that whole like I don't yeah. think you're like other girls you're different like 
Yeah, you're different, but then like you like well, to read if, Dave Eggers. Oh my god! Like, God forbid that she likes a footballer <laughs> or a basketballer, like something generic like he's that. Right? Facing herself, he's like, yeah. I'm, I guess it's maybe also because he's an indie character, an indie. You know, like the you know, like the pre emo, like yeah, or, or emo slash like hipster. Like, if I like it, it's cool. But if you like it, it's not cool. Or mm. I discovered this before you. Like, I think he kind of gives off that vibe. Like. My my interests are way cooler than everyone else's interests. Yeah. Everyone is just catching up to me, that sort of vibe. Yeah. yeah. And, like, he's found someone who kind of, like, meets his interests. Like, they have the same, like, music tastes and stuff and it's quite, like, niche and hipster and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And, yeah, like, he can't bear to go into the mainstream. So she's basically, like, selling out, really. Oh, my God. Um, it's very disappointing stuff. How dare she? Yeah. It's a, it's a weird setup to a, a love interest. Yeah. it's so clear that that they're pushing for that yeah you know purely by the tropes that she's going to end up with him but because they have so little scenes together and so little meaningful interactions that you're just like you don't see any sort of you see very little spark in chemistry with them whereas you kind of see a lot with her and john tucker yeah so that's the other thing i i noticed um this movie really tries to like humanize john tucker you know they set him up to be this awful person and he brush things off really quickly but then for whatever reason with this relationship with Kate that they're trying to forge I guess because she is so kind and like genuine he can't help but actually like like her and then he like starts to treat her like a proper girlfriend you know like he doesn't keep a secret like he sends her flowers in public and like books were in public like all these sort of things that he wouldn't have done normally and then I think the movie really tries to get you to like John Tucker as well Mm. and you're like but I don't want to like John Tucker because I want them to like get revenge on him because he is a douche like he did something bad you want him to own up to it John Tucker must die exactly it's the whole main point of this movie (laughs) and I know what they're trying to achieve which is that you know there's two sides to every story and everyone is human as well but realistically like he's a privileged rich boy he needs to be like I did something bad right he needs to learn a lesson yeah, he, he needs yeah. to learn a lesson. He needs to say sorry before that arc can be finished, right? You can't yeah. just be like, oh, but he treats this other girl really good. So, <laughs> so it's okay that he treated other three girls like shit. Exactly, exactly. And they, he's only good to this person because she's different because she's she the one that changed him. That whole yeah, thing. Yeah, but I think the whole setup is that he's only interested in her because he doesn't seem to be interested in him. Yeah, and totally, so, yeah. He's like sort of, you know, loving the chase and she's the only one who doesn't fawn over him or doesn't mm-hmm. isn't dying to date him. So when he asks her mm-hmm. on a date at first, she's like, mm, maybe like she's sort of brushing him off and that one yeah. and that makes him want her even more. Yeah. So it's like it's not even a genuine connection that's bringing them. Like maybe it's a connection later on, but he still hasn't, you know, he, he's very much his bagginess or whatever you want to call it. Like it's still very much present when he meets her. Like mm. don't pretend that he's the kind boy. <laughs> They finally go on a date and it's on a boat. And I just want to say, PSA, don't go on boats for your first date. I just feel like, <laughs> just don't do it. Yeah, it's a weird one. And they get really dressed up for it as yeah. well. I thought that was really weird because they're like in high school. <laughs> oh well, none of yeah. these people look like they're in high school, to be honest. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's another point. <laughs> so yeah, they go on a first date on a boat. Again, don't do that, girls. Mm, safety. <laughs> <Get murdered. laughs> And then, I don't know, they connect because one of the things when she reports back to her friends is like, they're like, oh, what did you do? They kind of insinuate they, that, that they must have made out or, you know, done something physical. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, no, we just talked. And they're so shocked because 
to them, John's not someone who just talks and you know connects with you in that way mm. yeah i think it's it's something to say like about maybe sexuality as well like these girls are seen as a bit more promiscuous because mm. you know they're all seen like making out with john tucker and stuff like that and he likes that but he can't form a genuine connection with them because it's just purely physical or something whereas kate you know innocent innocent kate i guess is more like the virgin character in this case yeah. she doesn't even know how to kiss <laughs> yeah like it's not really established that she is but because she's inexperienced i think we like are supposed to see her yeah. as this virgin character and then she manages to like connect with john on that emotional mm-hmm. intellectual level and you're supposed to see that oh maybe this is a more genuine relationship maybe he's like she's changed him i mean i, I think it's like going well or at least the movie's trying to trick you into think it's going well but then there's this whole scene where the boys the basketball team are in the locker room and then this is the scene that i was displeased with <laughs> <laughs> so the rest of his team are like making fun of him and saying that he's whipped and I think that took me back to like high school because I feel like that was such a thing back then like calling boys whipped yeah. if they were just treated a girl like a human being like if they were kind to their girlfriend you're whipped oh you're whipped <laughs> you're kind to a person you're in a committed relationship with that's how crazy. dare you yeah. yeah so then he starts bragging that he will be scoring more than baskets at hmm. the next away game and then they start chanting, uncork her and pork her. Yeah, that's like, it's a pretty disgusting locker room <laughs> speech, I would say. And um, like, it's one of those ones where you're supposed to believe that he's just going along with mm. the team. Or does he genuinely believe that? Like, it's kind of hard to tell because... I can't tell because in the beginning, he's so terrible. Exactly. You see so many sides of him that you're like, I don't know which way to look now. Like, is he genuinely a good person inside and he's just doing all this because he, like, just believes that that's how he's supposed to act or Mm. is he just, like, an awful person? Like, yeah, it's really hard to say because it doesn't genuinely steer him away from being an awful person. Like, he doesn't show remorse or anything. Yeah, he could equally be peer pressured into it, but then I also equally believe that he like genuinely thinks that's an okay thing to say like uncork her Mm. so yeah that's 100% it's a gross scene (laughs) and then they go to the game in question and I guess the next trick they try to play in him is get him in a thong (laughs) (laughs) this is a weird one as well weird one (laughs) so basically she calls him from like a few rooms down, a supposedly. Huge with a huge webcam, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like wearing like lingerie, you know, trying to seduce him into coming to a room. But then she's like, you know, you can't come out the front door because this is a school trip. You don't, don't want to wake up the teachers. So she forces him to go out the window, but also forcing him to wear this like frilly red G string. Yeah. And then so he like, and he scales the wall in a red g-string and then he goes into a room which he believes is hers but is actually a teacher's and he's like lying provocatively on the bed with his red g-string and she walks in and she's just like what the hell like understandably (laughs) so then the teacher drags him out into the hallway he's wearing a thong or a g-string and everyone's looking at him laughing at him taking photos of him on their flip phone cameras I'm pretty sure there was like a Motorola razor in there. <laughs> and then I think the main takeaway from the scene is the scene that follows after this, which is the basketball scene mm-hmm. where I think he's wanting to recall or like re, what do you call it? I guess like claim his, his image. image. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So basically he's like skins or shirts, which 
in basketball lingo means if you take off your shirt, then you're a team. And if you're wearing a shirt, you're another team. So Are you, a, you play basketball? <laughs> you know, so well. Sport. Love sport. <laughs> so they like do basketball like a practice or a practice game I think it is yeah and then he takes off his shirt and he's wearing a g-string underneath and he's like what like it's so good like it's so freeing on the balls and stuff like that and then for some reason every other guy has a g-string up their sleeve as well and suddenly they're all wearing g-strings it's a really weird scene (laughs) the thing you missed is that he shows up that he's wearing a g-string and he does a fully insane oh yeah 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 buying laws of physics dunk yeah 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 and he attributes that incredible dunk to the fact that he's wearing a g-string yeah it's that but it's also like you know so what if I wear a g-string I'm still cool yeah like this trick is gonna make me cool so therefore like you know so what if I wear a g-string it's a it's a odd way to look at something that's very like feminine and exclusively feminine I suppose stereotypically you know, lacy lingerie and stuff like that. Like men would never wear that. Play basketball yeah. good. <laughs> it's really strange because I think you get after this, and again, it's played for comedy, but you just get like multiple images of men wearing G-strings. Mm. Yeah. It's yeah. Strange I think one. <laughs> the main thing throughout this whole movie is there are so many scenes where I'm like, I think I'm supposed to laugh, but I'm not laughing. Yeah. I think we're not laughing because it's such a bad portrayal of femininity. <laughs> think so like it's very male gaze yeah take on accepted femininity like gross if women do it but if guys do it and they're cool then it's fine (laughs) and it's just a very I think ignorant narrow-minded view of what it is of what you can attribute to femininity and like Mm. it's really old-fashioned and outdated now jokes you know the period jokes that sort Mm. of thing yeah so I mean yeah I was watching it being just being like I'm not laughing. Yeah. Are you sure the movie wants me to laugh? <laughs> you're laughing, but not because it's funny. Like, you're laughing because you can't believe what you're saying. <laughs> this is comedy. <laughs> Clearly. That scene in particular is the one that may- reminded me of Mean Girls as well because it very much mimics Regina George, you know, being embarrassed and wearing her bra underneath her tank top and then everyone else in the school wearing it as well. I mean, yeah, Regina George, she, I mean, she's a special character. She's just overly confident. She owns everything. She has no fear, I think, is her trait, one of her main traits. The other thing was, so I think it was kind of like in and out. Then I was like, oh, you have to watch like the basketball scenes. I want, I want you to like tell me what you think about this. <laughs> It didn't go down well. Yeah. And that's why I, I think that's why I knew about the um the shirts for skin. Oh, yeah. It was like, it's like, that's what you do in like an outdoor park when it's really hot. <laughs> <laughs> so they even got that wrong. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't do that. It's, it's because he has to show off the G-string, right? They, oh, that's yeah, that's the only true. reason. Why they do it. It's not yeah. because they got the context wrong. It's because they, yeah. they need to do something that's kind of like basketball terminology to make him yeah. take his shirt off. Not just that's true. Take his shirt off. It has so much intent. <laughs> exactly. It's there for a yeah. purpose. Yeah. He was like, that's so stupid. And I was like, oh, it's because he needs to show off his G-string. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> um, the whole like basketball scene where they're playing a game, he's like, these guys aren't even good. Like, I think, I think <laughs> it's like, so he was just like, yeah, what are they even doing? And I think there's also a practice scene 
where they like are practicing they're just shooting but they're shooting on the backboard they're not trying to shoot to get mm. back in and mm. it's like what are they practicing for like it's i was like i don't know like rebounds like i don't know <laughs> you know how normally when you do practice you'll do like practices against stuff into the, the hoops mm. and stuff but they weren't doing that they were just like hitting the ball against that backboard and just catching it and then they were just mm. doing that in a line just like yeah i'm not sure what what this is achieving I always get him to rate the basketball scenes. I got him to rate. I, I also got him to to watch the uh, scene in Haskell Musical. I was for, gonna ask, did you watch? Did he watch that? Um, he hasn't watched the movie, but the scene where he Jen the game. Yeah, yeah. Only because he's doing something with the basketball, like he was going, like he was doing the fake out move, <laughs> and I started laughing. <laughs> and I was like, "Do you fake left and then break right?" <laughs> I made him watch the scene of basketball and he's yeah. like, this is like really bad basketball scene. Like <laughs> I think like even the idea of seeing during a basketball game is already silly enough to him. But mm. I think like just like the moves and stuff. I think there was one thing where one person was trying to shoot and then there's a per- another person trying to, trying to defend, but you don't even mm. see that person trying to defend. They just like fall in front of them <laughs> because it happens so quickly. Like you probably yeah. didn't like someone like you and I probably didn't even notice, but I think that's something he picked up on and was yeah. like, didn't even like defend him properly <laughs> i'm like it's just choreography you're supposed to get a scholarship with this performance <laughs> yeah exactly like this high school team is shit if you know like basketball or sports in america you know that it's very competitive mm. and people get really into it like you have to be good in high school otherwise there's no chance you'll get into uni college like or yeah college. Like it could be your future it's literally like this yeah. is this could be your career I mean, you're in high school, which is so weird, but it's just like, yeah, like what, what team are these people going to make into? Like clearly nothing because they're not that good. The Auburn. <laughs> this is not Brick Pit or anything. Brick Pit. Yeah. It's so funny. It's just, it's just funny. I think I'll yeah. get him to rate all basketball things from now on because I have literally no clue. Because I, I'm always curious as to like how real they make it. Whereas yeah. in something like High School Musical, they probably don't try that hard because it's like... Yeah, it's supposed it's not... to be a dance, like, yeah. Yeah, like, it's very, like, choreographed anyway. So, like, if it's not realistic, you kind of just be like, oh, that was just a move or a dance move. Yeah. But it'd be, like, fun to see it from, like, professional perspective. <laughs> <laughs> we can have um Fee's basketball corner and then Jackie's science corner <laughs> to rate <laughs> scenes in movies. Yeah, like, you know when they do, like, oh, like, I'm going to titrate the sodium, yeah. whatever, and then we're just like, mm, sounds mm. Like- <laughs> That sounds right. That sounds really hard. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like science to me. Pass. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's one of those things where like, are they going to care or not? It'll be the fun bit. <laughs> Again, like if it was a bad scene, we'd never know. Because we don't know what it's oh, supposed no. yeah. to look like. <laughs> it would completely pass me by. So, exactly. yeah. I think from here, we have his birthday party. Well, before that, John Tucker asked Kate to be his girlfriend. So he oh yeah, officially- yeah reveals mm. his true feelings he gives her his watch which is that a thing i never got a watch it's <laughs> my watch and assuming it's a nice watch like does that mean she gets to keep it yeah <laughs> like what is this is this just like in lieu of a ring or i don't know it's a weird thing no. again is it like is, is he just branding her by giving 
her a men's watch. Yeah, like I'm a girl. You can wear my stuff. Like, yeah. Like you should wear a necklace with my name on it. You can wear my football jersey with my name on it. Yeah, sort of like I'll give you my varsity jacket. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not really sure. And he says to her officially, like he says himself, I'm whipped and I'm okay with it. Like, because I like okay. you so much. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that line itself is fine. I think it's just more like the, the events leading up to it. You're like, I don't know if I believe that you're still a genuinely good person. Like, even at this point, you're like, I don't, I don't know how to place you. It's probably how I felt about him. And this is when Kate gets cold feet because I think she feels that John potentially actually like has developed feelings for her, and she's like mm-hmm. playing with someone's heart, and she feels mm-hmm. bad about it. And then all the other girls start fighting over him because when they see that she's got his watch, they're like, that watch should be mine, and they have a bit of a catty fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, I don't know why these girls still want to be his girlfriend after a yeah, this whole it's saga. <laughs> like in the beginning, you kind of get it because you're like they don't know him. Yeah. But after seeing him now, um, maybe it's it's jealousy. Like they see that he can be a good person, so in their minds they're like, oh, we were right. Mm. We we're right about him. He hasn't. Oh, like he could be sweet like that to me as well. Exactly. Like yeah. if she can change him, then what's to say that I wouldn't be able to do the same? Mm. I think it's because he doesn't show any remorse or anything. He just kind of like slowly d- comes into this character, which is really kind and loving and whatever. That you're like, oh, he's probably just this is just him. I mean, yeah, like one of the girls by this time has already seen the uncorker and porker scenes. I'm like, mm-hmm. Carrie, why do you yeah. like him? Yeah, true. And she's basically the smart supposed one. to be like a smart one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I think it's just because he's hot. You'll love yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you deserve better. <laughs> so yeah, it's the insane birthday party, which you mentioned. Because he's rich, it's a it's a very elaborate Crazy. birthday party. Like it's a club, basically. It's literally a club. There's a stage as well. Yeah. Yeah, and the stage has like this it reminded me of um do you remember Pimp? My car. <laughs> Pimp my ride uh, or something. Pimp my ride or something like that. Yeah. Not car, sorry. <laughs> Pimp my ride, yeah. Like it's just like massive, like speakers. As soon as you open the boot and stuff yeah. like that, like it's this party is crazy. Like it looks like it's a lot of fun, but it's yeah. not a high school. It's a straight up club. There's a stage, like an MC or whatever, and there's mm. a birthday cake where two women in a bikini jump out of. So, oh, and strippers as they establish it. Oh yeah, on. it's a stripper <laughs> cake. Yeah, and then when the strippers come out, he's very glad to see them. <laughs> but then when Kate's there, he's just like, "Oh, hey, Kate!" Like as if like he wasn't just cuddling two strippers beforehand. Really, he was just thankful for his gift, right? Yeah, it was just appreciating yeah. the gift, just appreciating yeah. his friends. This is not. I've never. I've been in high school, and I never got to witness a party like this. <laughs> you? Because well, funnily enough, no. Um, yeah, we we weren't hanging out with the right crowd. I think. Oh, okay. Who, like, who in the crowd had this sort of party and we didn't hear about it? Probably another school, another suburb. But, yeah, so this is the birthday party where they're meant to reveal everything that they've been doing to it because throughout this whole process, Carrie, who's the smart, allegedly, yeah, smart, generated tech, whatever, AV club girl, so yeah. she's been secretly filming this whole, in, all these interactions with John. Um, and camcorder. Yeah, to kind of, like this is part of their revenge. Then they start playing the video and then Kate, because she truly, you must think that she believes that he's a good person and she feels bad for doing anything mean. Mm -hmm. Um, So she like stops the video. 
But yeah, the video that you watch is John Tucker saying like really nice things about Kate. And then mm-hmm. Kate saying, oh, John Tucker, you're not the boy for me. Or, you know, saying something mean where she rejects his feelings mm-hmm. for her. And then they're all on stage. And she's yeah. like, no, stop the video. Like, I didn't mean for this to happen. Can't quite remember. <laughs> <laughs> I think this part, it's, a, it's supposed to be like everything coming together, everything exploding, the truth comes out and, you know, a big It's a build up. A build up. But it fell so flat for me. I think because it, she's like, oh, we did this. Did they tell them that they were plotting revenge on him? Yeah. Yeah, so they're like, you know, we, we did this thing, but I'm not going to humiliate you and your birthday party. That's it. <laughs> then it's... And then Kate says something like, I'm so sorry, like I didn't mean to trick you, mm. like, et cetera, et cetera. And then John, I think this is like supposed to be the moment where we all forgive him. He like admits that, you know, I was like a dickhead to you guys. I shouldn't mm. have treated you guys like that. No, it's all okay but then it's strange because you know he says to the crowd like you shouldn't treat people like that and then you have his um friends uh standing around being no it was super cool how you manipulated women and like that's Mm -hmm. how you get chicks and there's like this weird back and forth he doesn't like disagree with them he just kind of like laughs it off like haha guess that's fine then like he's he's trying to kind of redeem himself but movie doesn't let him yeah, it could have been him really strongly disagreeing with them or proving mm-hmm. them wrong. But then the, pe- the people around him just end up believing in the same message that, you know, manipulating chicks and doing whatever to get in their pants is funny and okay to do. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. resolve that. Like, that's still the attitude in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then after this, like, back and forth with the crowd, I think they just have, like, a cake fight. Yeah, or, like, just a cake food fight. fight. They're just kind of like, haha, like that, that's done then. Like we, we, we resolve this, right? But then, yeah. yeah, you're kind of left wondering what's what's the message that you're trying, like we've resolved because it's a bit confusing. And then now everyone's on good terms because they're just throwing cake at each other and having a good time because it's his birthday party. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit odd. Because, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're hoping for his downfall and then his sort of redemption where he learns his lesson. But I don't think he learned his lesson. Like, he kind of says sorry, but I think nothing's changed. And then they just start throwing cake at each other. You know he definitely doesn't learn his oh, lesson yeah. because, <laughs> you know. Post <laughs> this scene, I think it's kind of like trying to wrap up the movie. Like, you know, the girls are still really good friends afterwards. And then we get to the resolution of John. And his main takeaway from this whole experience <laughs> is that he's learnt not to lie. Yeah. So he's then very coming with his polygamy. Yeah. So what like, he does is, result. <laughs> yeah, he says, I'm not going to lie anymore. I'm going to be like fully truthful in my relationships. So then he mm. goes to his girlfriend and goes, let me introduce you to my other girlfriend. Like, we'll make mm. this work. And you know what? If that's your thing, then that's fine. But the issue is those girls look really upset and confused. So clearly he... <laughs> He's just like forcing them into this and he hasn't learned yeah. his lesson at all. He's not respecting them. He's not. Yeah. It's, no. it's still, he's just like, oh, I didn't lie. So it's okay that I'm forcing these two yeah. women into a relationship they don't want. He's totally missed the mark with the lesson learned. I mean, the, the issue wasn't lying. I mean, yeah. it is part of the issue, but that wasn't the main thing. Like, yeah. yes, you liked all these girls, but it wasn't just lying. You manipulated them. You disrespected them. You were overall just a bad human being and you thought that the problem was lying like you know in the movie plays it like a joke like he's like i'm not gonna lie anymore and then you see him walking with these two girls going like we'll figure this out and you're supposed to be like ha 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 he's not lying yeah like he's not lying so everything's fine now 
again, it comes back to the to the idea of John Tucker, which is that again, he is a very privileged, good looking, rich boy. He just gets away with everything. So yeah, he doesn't learn a lesson. He doesn't lose anything. And he gets he two lose. girlfriends. Yeah, like he he wins in the end. Yeah. This whole time we've been trying to get revenge on him because he's an We're waiting for him to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've 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 been waiting and then it doesn't even give us that. And I think if we wanted to make this a, a more modern retelling or something, you could be like, Oh, the lesson is that people like him get away with a lot of things. But it doesn't do that either. So yeah, the movie doesn't do that <laughs> yeah, at all. Exactly. So in the end, John Tucker, he's fine. His reputation is intact. He has two girlfriends mm-hmm. and all his friends still believe that manipulating women or saying what they want to mm-hmm. hear to get with them is okay. Like that's literally mm-hmm. nothing has changed. We're in the same position as we were at the start yeah. of the movie. I'd say the only good thing about the ending is that none of those girls get together with him. They've kind mm-hmm. of like moved on from him. I would be Thank really God. upset if he got with the main character, Kate. Kate. Yeah. Of course, you know, as as established in the beginning, her love interest is a gossip girl. So <laughs> the other Tucker. Yeah, the again, other Tucker. I don't know. There's no chemistry there. I'm not like dying for her to get with him. There's no chemistry because they never like, you don't know that they know each other. They <laughs> yeah. just but exchange a few things at Science Lab. You can tell he's a good guy because at the end he's wearing a t-shirt that says integrity on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know. <laughs> well, I think he was the only Tucker born with integrity. <laughs> so yeah, they there's a hint that they're ending up together or going to start a relationship. And then her and her three friends are just like, yay, happy ending. We're besties now. So I, I think the movie is trying to go for this vibe where girl power, women banding together to take down a man and finding female friendship along the way. But it didn't really do that for me. <laughs> I mean, like, they do sort of form a friendship. The whole basis of them was that they're all from different cliques. Mm. So, yeah, as you said, like, there's a cheerleader and you have the smart girl and then you have the vegan slut. Again, (laughs) I don't know why. Very strange. They treated her like that. (laughs) Yeah, they keep calling her slut, like, throughout the whole movie. And at some point you're like, okay, she's just reclaiming that title, but also that's all she is. And I think that was my problem with her character was that only things that came out of her mouth were that, either vegan related or like sex related like no they were either vegan related or her being absolutely stupid or yeah. sex related so she was like this really ditzy dumb vegan yeah. i don't know why this vegan yeah plus it's sexualized. a very weird thing and i wonder if this is in a period of time where like these people were kind of like a joke like mm-hmm. she is played like a joke character because vegans are funny i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's a very very weird yeah. character to have and like it's a very specific character so I do think that this is probably just a product of the time like this is just you know how pe- we we have other stereotypes like a gay best friend or mm. something like that like we just have like a vegan is the comedy character in this movie <laughs> I don't know it was funny though at one point she's hiding inside John Tucker's car and then she finds a bra and at first she's like, bra. oh my God, like, how dare he have a bra in the back of his car? And then she looks at the label and it's 100% hemp. And then she just yeah. goes like, actually, no, I want this. And she puts it in her pocket. You know what? I think it's hers. It's probably hers. <laughs> I'd do the same if, you know, if I was like, I need a bra. Yeah, bras are expensive. So yeah. why not? <laughs> and hemp as well. He doesn't deserve the environment. It. Yeah. What's he going to do with it? <laughs> he might wear it and it becomes cool. I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> In the end, the three girls, I guess the four girls are all friends. Kate, Brittany Snow's character, is a bit more confident and has found her own clique. 
and has a boyfriend, maybe, who wears T-shirts with words like integrity. And John <laughs> Tucker is in the exact same position as he was at the yeah. start of the movie. Yeah. So happy ending for everybody, right? Happy ending. The entitled man wins. <laughs> uh, yes. If that's the main takeaway from this movie is that it doesn't matter if you are like John Tucker because nothing will ever, ever hurt you. Mm. My other criticism of this movie is that movie title, John Tucker Must Die, alludes to something quite edgy, quite dark. And then we got this <laughs> shit. Like, <laughs> Yes, I think, you know, the title is actually pretty compelling. It captivates it's you. And you're so like, oh, what could happen? Like, girls getting revenge? I love that sort yeah, of. It's, yeah, it should be a, like a really good revenge movie, right? Have you seen the um, movie poster as well? Yeah, yeah with, the, so yeah, with the girl with the tattoo. tattoo. Yeah so good like i thought that that was such a like if i saw that movie post i'd be like oh that looks like something i would definitely watch mm-hmm. right like about girls getting revenge on some guy so he's obviously like someone who deserves it or, or i don't know of that of that kimba but i didn't get that because no one got <laughs> revenge on anybody because he came out unscathed yeah nothing changed it's like someone thought of a really good title and was like oh that would make a good movie and then couldn't yeah. actually write a movie yeah. deserving of that title I was thinking of like if this movie, if we had the same premise now, we'll try and like modernize it or something. Mm. I was thinking that this movie would actually work really well as like a horror comedy, mm. where, like girls getting revenge on guys, like sort of like in the of the same lines of like Jennifer's Body mm. or like Have you seen Happy Death Day? Oh, I haven't seen it, but like, I know it. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, it's like a Groundhog Day of yeah. um, this girl waking up and she trying to basically outrun a, a killer or something. So I'm like, that could work really well. Like, you know, these girls have a Groundhog Day. Every day they kill John Tucker in, in many ways. Like, you could have, you could set that out for, like, comedy or anything. So every yeah. day they try and, and, like, kill him or something or get revenge. And every day they wake up and they have to keep doing it. Like, he won't die. And then eventually yeah. they're like, he's not worth it. Let's just move on and be friends. Like, something like that. Oh God, <laughs> I don't, don't take this idea. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I feel like there's so many other ways that we could have used this really good title and really good movie poster. Something a lot more better. <laughs> yeah. It definitely doesn't deserve it. The movie is just lackluster in so many ways. And yeah, that edge that you're hoping for is missing. And there's so many gross jokes that you can't, that you just don't want to laugh at. Yeah. They're not funny no more. Yeah. And even the female friendship is sort of weak. Like it's really forced. Yeah. I read an article somewhere that said they actually were friends, but. Well, I couldn't tell. <laughs> so yes. Would you recommend this? Probably not. Yeah, I would not. I would say it's aged rather badly. <laughs> yeah, I think this movie was not good at the time of release. Yeah. I think we just, maybe we hadn't looked at it in the right way or maybe we just hadn't like thought about the movie and you know, the scenes that were in it and stuff. Maybe it kind of passed us by as a movie that wasn't very good. Like, Or maybe we thought it was not good for different reasons. I'm not really sure what it is, but definitely watching this now, <laughs> I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> I just remembered a couple of other things that made me feel like this movie was written by a man. So during the estrogen pill scene where Ashanti says, I'm going to go up a cup size, the vegan ditzy girl says, when you run out, you'll grow a moustache and a penis. (laughs) I think it's supposed to be a joke. And then you have that scene where Kate is like, oh, I might have to kiss John Tucker at the end of our date. And then they just put in a scene where the vegan girl and her kiss and it's only yeah. played for like, oh, isn't this hot two girls kissing? Yeah. That's the only point of that scene. Yeah, I don't, I didn't like that scene. Going back to the um, estrogen pill. So I think the vegan girl, she kind of goes like, oh, 
estrogen pills are bad because they're made out of horse urine. Oh, yeah. And I looked it up. And, like, there actually is, like, an estrogen pill that is made out of horse urine. Really? <laughs> yeah. And do you know what the first website result that you get is from what? a PETA website? Oh, really? And I was like, this is completely in line. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I guess we learned something from this movie. Yeah, so apparently they like it's not all estrogen pills, but mm. there's a particular type that's called like pre-marin or something like that. And um, basically, they impregnate uh, horses for the sole purpose of being the urine because there's estrogen available in this urine, that urine or something. I don't know. You can look it up on Google. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that that was like, oh, they actually said something. And I was like, I wonder if that was a common belief at the time of writing mm-hmm. that estrogen is made out of horse urine. Interesting. Yeah. And right at the end of the movie, you see another scene where all the high school male teachers are wearing thongs and you just, mm-hmm. I think you're supposed to laugh at that. And then there's like a end scene in the credits where some girls in Japan, they kind of dress up as Harajuku <gasps> yeah. girls or, you know, yeah. wearing very elaborate outfits and they're laughing at that picture of John Tucker in a thong. Yeah, it's a little bit odd to see now. Again, it's a reflection of the time that mid-2000s when Gwen Stefani and her Harajuku oh, girls. Yes. Yeah, Love Angel Music, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's very reminiscent of that. Again, it's one of those ones that has aged very badly because we now know it as the R word. Racism. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that's not a joke. That's an inside joke. It's, yeah. You know, we actually take racism yeah. very seriously. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I would not recommend this movie. I don't. I don't think it's funny and I don't think there's enough to like sell it there's no chemistry within the leads no and the ending i would say kind of tops it off where it's like it's not even a good ending like a minimum like why watch dollar store heath ledger when you can watch 10 <laughs> things i hate about you you know what i mean yeah that's true it is interesting not interesting the fashion is very 2000s so many middle parts and low-rise <laughs> jeans i was like oh my god he's like wearing hollister or abercrombie <laughs> you know because she's such a good girl good everyday american girl with abercrombie i'm just like a girl next door exactly it's pretty funny with all these movies that came out in this era like the fashion that's in them is probably more of interest now because things like that are coming back we feel a little bit more nostalgic towards looks like that but in terms of content i mean there's so many other movies of this era that you probably would rather watch right 100 percent. this isn't one of them <laughs> so that's a miss from me it's yeah from you <laughs> don't watch it it's not worth your time next week yeah, what are we watching next week? Are you ready, Francis? <laughs> Wait, what's happening? <laughs> it's just a movie that we both really love. Hey, what is it? Ladybird. Ah, oh, I love Ladybird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, is she acting? <laughs> She's so good at acting. <laughs> but that was genuine surprise. I think you genuinely yeah. forgot. <laughs> I forgot. I thought it was. Pe- yeah, okay, I forgot. But I love Ladybird. <laughs> yes, we both love Ladybird. I am sure to be in tears. So, yeah, excited to. And to Ladybird next week. I think we're trying to just mix up the movies a little bit. You know, we can't just be watching silly rom-coms every week. Well, we can, but we won't on this podcast. We want variety. <laughs> yeah. And our plan for October, which is coming up sp- soon, is to do Spooktober. And we'll be watching horror movies. Spooky season's coming up very quickly. Two weeks' time. We'll release the program and schedule later on. <laughs> Just know I'm preparing myself emotionally. <laughs> the big wuss that I am. Yeah, I'm ready. Um, <laughs> of course you are. Gimme, gimme. Yeah, thank you for listening. You can always get in touch with us 
at twofriendsinapod at gmail.com or on Instagram where we are a bit more active, twofriendsinapod. Uh, you're welcome to send in more fan mail. Donate to us if you want. $11 million is the floor though. <laughs> and with that, I think that's it for this week. <laughs> Thanks for listening and talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye, Lila. I was just like looking at it and then I was like, oh, I wonder if there's anything in spam. And I looked at it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, $11 million? <laughs> Hi, my name is Francis. And I. <laughs> What's wrong? I don't know why I felt so awkward. <laughs> um, this is like our sixth episode. <laughs> so, like, get your head in the gate house. <laughs> I don't know why I wasn't ready for that one. <laughs> Okay, I'm ready. Hi, my name is Francis. <laughs> Take a sip of my tea. <laughs>